Welcome, everybody, to another Pulp MX podcast that has nothing to do with motocross. It's hockey, just like the Ray Ferraro one. Uh, Got to get uh, uh, some of this out of my system. Somebody to talk to about what is going on with uh, my favorite team, Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, and much and a little bit more. Uh, this time, uh, I've got uh, Sean McIndoo. He's uh, he's a lead hockey writer on Grantland.com. You got to check it out. It's one of the best guys out there. For hockey coverage, and of course, uh, his blog downgoesbrown.com. He's, uh, like I said, one of the funniest guys out there, and uh, a Maple Leaf fan at that. So maybe he can help me out, try to figure out what's going on. Sean, thanks for doing this, man. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's uh, it's been rough. It's been rough. Um, I mean, I guess obviously you, uh, as a guy that's now covering the league and not just the Toronto Maple Leafs anymore, does it make it any better? Does it make the the, the, the losing any better that you maybe have other things to focus on? Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I don't even know if it's if it's covering the other stuff. Uh, I, you know, I've always been somebody as as much as I'm a Leaf fan, and and I am a diehard, and and I have been my whole life, and and I'm sure I always will be. Uh, when it gets to this point in the season, I don't feel like I'm under any obligation to sit down and watch each and every game, and you know, be, because of because of the work I do, I've got the Center Ice Channel now. I've got access to every game. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know there are some <laughs> nights where uh, you know you, you've got a Western Conference game going on that's that's just end to end, you know, fantastic stuff. Why would I watch the Toronto Maple Leafs these days uh, versus watching some of the better games? And it, it, you know, it, in in a sense, that almost sometimes makes it more depressing because <laughs> you know you watch a bit of a Leafs game and you might think, well, you know, they're not playing so bad tonight, and then you flip over to like, like I say, some of these right. Western games. And it's like, oh man, this isn't even the same level. This is—it's like somebody sped up the tape on on this, and you realize how far away they are. And uh, yeah. you know that, that that doesn't mean I'm jumping the bandwagon. I'm not mm-hmm. jumping ship. But uh, you know, I, am I going to sit down and watch them lose two to one to the Carolina Hurricanes on a Tuesday night when the you know Chicago's playing L.A. a few channels over? No, I'm not I'm not going to do that. Yeah, it's been a while since I've actually sat down, start to finish, and watched them. Uh, I watched two periods of last night's game while I was doing some work. It's uh, it's it's tough to do right now, and like you said, there's so much other great stuff to watch right now. Um, being as a long long time Leaf fan, I feel like this is, and I don't know if I'm just getting more into this or not than I was when I was younger, but with Phil and 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 Phil Castle and Bozak and Dion and and Bernier, who I like. These guys should be better. Like some of those horrible teams in the in the 90s and 80s, you were like, look, they should be bad. Their players aren't very good. I feel like these guys have quit, which I think maybe it makes it worse. It's like kind of like uh, um, just when your wife uh, is divorcing you or whatever, and she just says, look, it's 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 really just it's you. Uh, you're you're you know I'm leaving you because of you, and uh, it just feels worse because these guys have quit. Yeah, I you know. Uh, I, I'm not sure about that. I hate I hate getting into that because right. they, you know unless you're unless you're really with the team day in and day out and 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 maybe even in, in the cases where you are, it's so hard to to get a read on guys and you, you don't want to get into to to trying to read minds and, and say the guys have checked out or quit or or whatever it is. But you know I'll say this: if they had, it would be hard to blame them because uh, you know <laughs> especially at this point the, the there's. The, the season's over as far as they're concerned. They're yeah. playing out the string. They're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, clearly they're. Uh, uh, you know, clearly that's the case. The you know the fans have, have quit on them. The, the, most of mm-hmm. the fans at this point have flipped over to the the side of, of rooting for the Leafs to lose because it's going to improve their their draft pick, improve their chances of getting Connor McDavid. Uh, management has basically 
checked out on them. They basically, uh, you know, come out and said, we're, we're going to tear this thing up and, and rebuild it. So, you know, you'd, you'd like to think that a guy getting paid millions of dollars to play hockey is going to give you a top effort every single night out. But, uh, you know, i got to be honest, if I'm Dion Phaneuf or Phil Kessel or, or certainly, you know, one of the guys on the third or fourth line, mm-hmm. if I was checked out a little bit on this season, I, you know, I'm not I'm not sure you could blame me because uh, it's it's all gone so bad and there's really there's nothing left to play for at this point other than seeing who's going to get shipped out of town. How low do you think they go? Uh, Carolina's four back, uh, Arizona's four back, and I don't think they, they can't get to Edmonton and Buffalo's level. I know you rank the five, uh, you know, the, the, the Connor McDavid sweepstakes every week in your column on Grantland. Can, can they get to three? Can we do that? I, I think it's very unlikely. Uh, you know, certainly they're, they're on pace for that if they keep playing the way they have, <laughs> right. you know, over the last 20, 25 games. Uh, they'll wind up there, but I don't. I don't think that they will. I mean, I you know the when you dig into the numbers a little bit, you look at some of the percentages. They they tell you uh, that uh, this team is not playing as bad as his record would indicate. And uh, you know, I, I know uh, our our old pal John Ferguson Jr. used to always say that you are what your record says you are, and <laughs> right. that, that's fair to an extent when you're looking in the past. But when you're trying to predict the future, yeah. uh, so looking at some of this other stuff can help. And I you know I don't think they're quite that bad. Uh, so you know that's that's the rational uh, mathematical argument for, mm-hmm. for them bouncing back a little bit. Uh, then the flip side of that is just being a Leaf fan. You know that they're not going to finish as low uh, uh, now that everyone's rooting against them. Now that everyone's hoping that they lose so that they can get close from McDavid. You know that the, the six-game winning streak is right. coming. You know the meaningless streak is. You know probably <laughs> after the deadline they'll they'll strip it down. They'll have a bunch of AHLers and replacement level guys, and uh, suddenly they'll go on a tear, win six yeah. in a row, and they'll they'll end up picking eighth. Yeah, thank you for Gihi Bear. Thank you for the Gihi Bear era that came in out of Switzerland and racked off I don't know six wins in a row a few years back. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's it's it's. It, I mean, that's that's the Maple Leaf way. And, and even if and look, even if they finish third, uh, you know, uh, right. the, then the team that finishes seventh is going to be the one that wins the lottery. I mean, they, you know, they're they're clearly, like you said, they're not going to get into that Edmonton Buffalo range. Basically, the way that works this year is you got two two chances if you want a franchise player. You got to finish dead last, and Buffalo's pretty much got that locked up. Mm-hmm. Or you got to win the lottery. And uh, you know, I, I I'm sorry, I, I'm. You know, you never say never, but I've been a Leaf fan too long. There's no way this team is going to win the lottery. They're not going to have that kind of luck uh, to to win a lottery and and get the sort of franchise player who could actually yeah. uh, bring a Stanley Cup. There's 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 no way that's going to happen. My prediction, I've, I've said this before, is that if you want to know what spot is going to win the lottery, look at wherever the Leafs are in the standings heading into the last <laughs> night of the season. And then when they win or lose that game, they're going to move to a different spot. The spot they were in will be the one that's going to win the lottery. Right. And we're going to spend the rest of our lives looking back going, geez, if they had if they just lost that game, they would have got Connor McDavid. But some guy scored with 30 seconds left to, to win it. And, <laughs> and you know that's, that, That'll just be the, the one last way that the hockey gods uh, kind of put the boots to Leaf fans this year. Yeah, nothing good can happen. Nothing good can ever happen. Yeah, why? Why would anybody? You know, like it, it, it's anytime I hear a Leafs fan talking about the the odds of getting Connor McDavid, I I'm like, is this your first day here? I mean, yeah. uh, you know, what? Yeah. How? Under what possible set of circumstances are the Leafs going to come through? I, I don't care. They could have an eighty percent chance of winning the lottery. It's right. not going to happen. Let alone win it. You know, eight or nine percent, which is probably where it'll wind up. I, I asked uh, Ferraro the same question. I'll ask you too. What's wrong with them? Like what? They have the piece, to me, on paper, they have the pieces to be a decent team. Not a top-level team, nothing like that. Uh, Dion Phaneuf's a, a, a good player. I, I, I can't stand the people that say, like, you know, he's garbage or whatever. He may not be a number-one defenseman, but 
He's a number one on a lot on some teams in the league, and in my opinion. And Phil, of course, is a world class talent. Bozak's a good, solid player. Uh, they ha- Bernier's coming up, up and coming. Franson, who they just traded away, was a good player. What's what's happening? What's going on? Is it? It's. I hate the leadership and the, uh, you know, in the room. This guy's no character, or whatever. Because, like you said, you're not in there. We don't know that. But on paper, to me, they should be way better. What do you think's gone wrong? I mean, I think part of it is they they really aren't as good a team as as maybe they look on paper. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a team. Uh, they're they're a very poor defensive team. Uh, they were a terribly coached defensive team under Randy Carlyle, uh, and uh, I'm sure some of those habits are still uh, are still sticking around. But this is not a team that is good uh, defensively. This is a team that offensively uh, has got two thirds of a of a good top line, um, but. That's about it. And when you've got, when you're relying, uh, you know, they, they rely on Phil Kessel an awful lot. And I don't buy into this idea that Phil Kessel is a streaky player, at least in, in the sense of being any streakier than, uh, yeah, normal, than yeah. most uh, elite forwards. But this, you know, he, he's going to go cold sometimes. It's going to happen a few times a year. Whenever that happens, the, this team just can't seem to, uh, to get any offense from anywhere else. Uh, they did address, you know, they addressed the depth this year, which is nice to get some mm-hmm. functional third and fourth lines, but that only goes so far. Uh, still no number one defenseman, still no number one center. Um, you know, we, we could argue maybe not even a, uh, an especially good number two center at this point, depending on uh, right. what you think of Nazem Kadri. Uh, and, uh, you know, th- this has been a team for the last couple of years that uh, they, need, they need the top line scoring and they need their goaltender standing on his head. Uh, just to be competitive, and uh, they, they've had some long stretches where they've had both those things happening. Uh, but if one of those things goes away, this this team goes from being uh, you know a competitive team to being a bad team. And if both of those things go away, like they have over the last little while, mm-hmm. uh, then this is one of the worst teams in the league. So uh, you know, I, I I'm sure maybe there are some things going on in the dressing room. You know, I, I'm not somebody who totally discounts things like leadership and intangibles and yeah. uh, and having that uh, winning culture and 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 all that sort of thing. Making a coaching change midseason is 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 always uh, difficult. Uh, you know, you're bringing in new systems and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really think the big problem is skill. There's there's just not enough skill. Certainly not enough uh, of anything approaching elite skill on this team. And they, and as a result of that, uh, they got a lot of guys playing in roles they they shouldn't be anywhere near. And uh, you know, I, I know it's been done to death with Tyler Bozak being the number one center, and uh, you know, Dion Phaneuf being the that number one jack of all trades, 25 minute a night defenseman. Uh, but those are big roles, and when you look at the teams that win in this league, they've got guys in in those roles, and the Leafs don't. The Leafs have have got a couple of uh, uh, you know square pegs jammed into round holes, and uh, you know it all kind of falls from there. You got guys playing playing the wrong roles in the wrong spot in the in the lineup, uh, and uh, and certainly uh, you know the part of the mm-hmm. problem is that it, as bad as this team has been for the last decade, they've done a terrible job of uh, stalking the the farm team and the the prospect pipeline. So there's there's really nobody coming up behind to uh, push these guys and and step into better roles absolutely terrible some terrible picks and some terrible trades made for picks uh, that have gone away there's not a lot of like you said there's not a lot of hope coming up either which is depressing as well well yeah exactly i mean yeah. that, that's the thing that, that you know always kills me when uh, you know you look at a team like this and uh you know there have been times where i've been you know i, I was critical of John Ferguson Jr., critical of, of a lot of what was going on in the Brian Burke era, and, mm-hmm. and now certainly with, with Dave Nonis as well. And sometimes, 
you know, people say, well, you're being too tough on them. And, and I don't think I am because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you're going to be this bad for this long, you should really uh, have one heck of a, <laughs> a farm system coming up. You should, you should have one heck of a line of prospects. And, and you know, the Leafs, yeah. uh, you know, people always point and say, well, they got this guy and that guy. Every team's got a few guys. Uh, I mean, it's, all, it's impossible yeah. not to. Detroit keeps finding these guys, and Detroit, uh, you know, barely – uh, ever even has a first round pick, let mm-hmm. alone anything uh, anything particularly high. I, I'm not especially impressed by hitting on top ten picks. It's it's finding everything else that goes with it, and it's also asset management. It's figuring out when to move a guy that you can get a some sort of return and not holding on to him so long uh, that you get nothing for him at the end. And, and that's the kind of thing that the smart teams do. And uh, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. up until very recently, at least, depending on how optimistic you are about Brendan Shanahan, it, uh, the Leafs haven't been one of the smart teams, and they, they seem to think that they're headed in that direction now. And time will tell. Um, but uh, you know, uh, up, up until now, they, they haven't done a whole lot right. And uh, you know, you, you look at it now. I, I, the, the way I've described it in the past is, if uh, you know, the day. Pick whatever day, the day the lockout ended, the day Ferguson was fired, the day Brian Burke came in. If I came back to you, suddenly appeared to you that day and said, I'm from the year 2015, uh, and the Leafs are still terrible, they haven't won a playoff round, they've only appeared in the playoffs one single time, you would say, well, geez, at least they've got to have some great young players coming up. Right. And if I turned around and said, you know what, actually, no, they've got one of the worst farm systems in the league, mm-hmm. uh, you, you wouldn't have any word for that other than uh, just a, a complete and utter failure. You know what I would do? I would turn on the Wendell Clark All Heart YouTube video and just, yep. just cry myself to sleep. Try to that's forget. Usually the, that's usually <laughs> the only anecdote. Right. Generally speaking. I, I do like the Mark Hunter hire. Nothing but good things I've read uh, and heard about him, scouting-wise. Um, do you think Nonus is done? Yes, I do. Yeah. I'd be I'd be very surprised. Uh, I, I'd be very surprised if he's still the GM uh, heading into the offseason. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll, I'll put the caveat on that that I I also was very very surprised that Randy Carlyle was still the coach uh, heading into the <laughs> opening night. Me so, too. Um, Brendan Shanahan has has surprised us once before, but I mean at this point, uh, you know, I don't know. And I don't think anybody really knows who's who's outside of that organization, how that front office works right now, and who's really in charge, and who's making the calls, and, and who's in charge of what. But uh, you know, I look at it, and just you know, frankly, on merit, Dave Nonis does not deserve to go for it as the GM of this team. Yeah. And I don't know how you preach a message, and this this is part of my big problem with the Randy Carlyle decision. I don't know how you preach a message of accountability to the players. Uh, when they see guys like Randy Carlisle getting extensions, and they, if they see a guy like Dave Nonis, uh, who, you mm-hmm. know, frankly, it, for all the criticism and, and most of it justified that we aim at Brian Burke, uh, Brian Burke left a pretty decent situation behind. At the very least, even though the team wasn't good, uh, they had cap space, they had some flexibility, and, and you know, they had the ability to do some things. Mm-hmm. And when you look at uh, the, 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 even, even the couple of years that Dave Nonis has been in charge, uh, especially that, that, fateful 2013 offseason yeah. it's just been mistake after mistake and uh you know i i, I really uh i have a hard time if if i'm brendan shanahan sitting down and looking at that body of work and saying this is our guy going forward what do you do if you're let's say they fire notice and hire you from grantland they steal you away um who goes who stays <laughs> What, what I do, the first thing I do is I write an article on Grandland about how that's a terrible hire. <laughs> right. And, rip uh, into it. Right. You just, just absolutely rip them. You know, get some know nothing uh, media <laughs> guy. Uh, no, I mean, what's the first thing I do? I, I think they're on the right path right now. I, I think you need the full teardown. Yeah. Uh, I, and I think that means moving as many guys and as many contracts as you can. Uh, I don't 
feel any particular need to move Phil Kessel. I mean, that, that's the big uh, one everyone's yeah, talking I'm about. I'm with you on that. Uh, right. I, I, I certainly... I, I certainly do trade him if if uh, if the right offer comes along. He's he's your most valuable asset, but he's not a guy that I look at and say, you know, we we got to get out from under this contract. It's a it's a big contract, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know his contract is perfectly fair when you look at the, the production that that he has and and you, you know some of the comparables out there. There's there's nothing wrong with that deal, and I, I you know I have to laugh when I see things like you you saw earlier this week where you had. Uh, you know, reports coming in that well, the Florida Panthers are interested in Phil Kessel, but they they don't want to give up any good young assets. <laughs> yeah, well, then yeah. you're not interested in Phil Kessel. Right. I mean, that's that's like me going to a car dealership and saying I want a car, but I don't want I, I don't I don't have any money. I have yeah, exactly. You know, well, and, and then uh, retaining money, like no, no, you're not going to retain any money for Phil's contract. So I mean, I I wouldn't now if a team comes to me and says, you know, we've got an A plus prospect here that uh, will move, but we need you to keep a bit of you know uh, keep a bit of the money. So oh, I, I'm I'm willing to do that. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm open to uh, to any of it. But uh, you know, if if some team comes to me and says, gosh, you know, we'll take Kessel off your hands, but we're gonna you know we can't give you all that much. I say, okay, you know, thanks very much. We're we're happy to keep this guy, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll we'll keep him next year and the year after, and we'll we'll keep him for the rest of his contract if we need to. Um, because he's, you know, he's a good player, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, at at some point, uh, look, you're going to tear it down. You still got to have somebody. You know, there's, yeah. there's, you got to ice a roster, and uh, I'd certainly, I'd be very happy to talk trade about Phil Kessel with anybody who called because I think he's a really valuable asset, and we should be able to get a ton back and really move this this rebuild along. But if for whatever reason uh, perception out there doesn't match that, and people aren't coming with with real good offers, I'm happy to keep him. I think the Dion, uh, I would move him in a in a heartbeat, but I think his contract is way worse than Phil's. And I, so how can you move that? You yeah, know? I mean, I, I would agree with that. I, I, I don't. Again, I, I don't feel like that's a situation where you have to move him at all costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't think that's something where you're you're you know this talk that you're you're going to send him to L.A. for Mike Richards. Right. I mean, Dion's enough for all the criticism of him. Is he overpaid? Yes. Is he playing the wrong role in Toronto? Absolutely. Does that re- result in him getting exposed sometimes, some of the holes in his game? Sure it does. I, I mean, ever since Dion Phaneuf got to Toronto, he has been uh, treated and marketed uh, and played as if he is one of these number one, like I said, 25-minute-a-night, mm-hmm. first power play, first penalty kill, the guy out there with 30 seconds left in the uh, when you're up by one, every situation guy. And he's not that guy. Um, but newsflash: There's only like ten or fifteen of those guys in the yeah, league. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, so and 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 some of the guys that you would think of don't even fit that role. I mean, you know, Duncan Keith doesn't even do that in Chicago. He's not their shutdown guy, and yet he's he's acknowledged to be one of the best defensemen in the league. There's not that many Shea Webers out there. Um, there's not that many guys who are you know Zdeno Chara the last few years or Nick Lidstrom. That, that you know, and mm-hmm. the fact that Dion Phaneuf isn't that guy and frankly isn't close to that guy, doesn't mean that he's a lousy player. Absolutely, I've had fans yeah. tell me that this guy doesn't belong in the league <laughs> or that he should be a <laughs> yeah. third-pairing guy on, right. on most teams. Right. You know, no way. Dion Phaneuf is a second-pairing guy on just about any team in the league with, with the exception of one or two that are maybe ridiculously deep. Right. He can play on a first-pairing for an awful lot of good teams. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking about the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs of the league. I'm talking good teams yeah. where you put him in at a number two, protect him a little bit more, maybe don't ask him to try to do everything. Uh, he's, he, can, he can still be a real good player in this league. Now, is he going to be worth $7 bucks a year? Not necessarily, you know, yeah. especially when you look at his age and, and you know, the aging curves of similar guys. He probably is overpaid. It probably is a bad contract. And, and so if you're the Leafs, you're, you're not going to get fair value for him. 
as far as making that deal unless you're willing to take salaries back and, and all of these other things. Uh, but that doesn't mean you have to give them away, and, and it certainly doesn't mean that you, you have to take back a, a Mike Richards-type guy right, who's right. You know, arguably got an even worse contract uh, and is a guy who at this point in his career is not even a, a legitimate NHL player. Some of the things that I read in regards to the media, and there's so much of it nowadays. God, it's everybody and everything, and, and obviously uh, living in Vegas, I can still keep in touch with all this stuff. Some of those things that you hear are ridiculous, where you're like, how do you even have a job? T- telling me that, you know, like, uh, Phil, you got to retain money and, and you know, do, ship him off for a third rounder. Like, how do you even, how are you even ca- talking about hockey? I don't understand sometimes. Yeah, and, and, I mean, the, the, you never know with, with some of these guys. I mean, in some of these cases, they might be getting that from a source somewhere in the league who's probably uh, in the front office of another team and mm-hmm. is, is either trying to knock the price down or, or just maybe kind of throw a bit of a wrench into things for uh, for a rival team. But uh, it, Toronto's such a tough market. You know, I, the, the media in Toronto takes takes a lot of crap, and, and especially these days there's a lot of fans out there who are really frustrated with the, the kind of coverage that's out there. But the problem in Toronto is, you know, there's some great media in Toronto. There's yeah, some really good... Uh, writing coming out of Toronto, some really good coverage, but but the issue with the Toronto media market is you've got four newspapers headquartered out of Toronto. You got two uh, sports radio stations, which I mean you don't see that in many markets, even in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the two national sports uh, television stations, both headquartered down there. Not to mention CBC. Not to mention the Score. Not to mention any uh, you know number of other yeah. uh, you know outlets. And then you mix in you know a million blogs and Twitter accounts and all this other stuff. There's so much coverage and there's so much noise that the only way to stand out is sometimes to be the contrarian or to be the guy who says something uh, that, frankly, you might not even believe, but you're, you're going to say it just to get the reaction. Uh, and there's so many guys that on any given day somebody is going to be playing that card. Somebody's going to be playing that game. Somebody's going to be saying something for the mm-hmm. attention or saying something just to kind of, you know, stick their finger in the air, see which way the wind's blowing, and then go the other way, uh, you know, just, just, just to get that attention and, and get that reaction and, and to, you know, to make sure that they don't get drowned out. Because uh, at the end of the day, you know, four newspapers and two radio stations and two TV channels all saying the same thing uh, isn't going to fly with anybody. And, and yeah. so, yeah. Uh, you know, if you, all, if you only focus on the most negative thing every day or the dumbest thing or the most ridiculous thing, then there's going to be something every day coming out of that media market uh, that's going to have you rolling your eyes. But I, I do think sometimes we forget that in the midst of all that, there is also this other end of it, which is there's, there's some really great stuff coming out. couple quick questions before we wrap here. Uh, Sean McIndoo of uh, Grantland.com, down goes, da- down goes Brown blog. Uh, check it out. Uh, first of all, um, NHL in Vegas. Uh, I, I drive by the arena on my way to the airport every weekend. It's coming along. Uh, what's your thoughts? I mean, obviously, this ticket. I mean, it's coming. There's no way they're not going to say no at this point, right? So yeah, no. I mean, this, this is clearly it, right. going to happen. I mean, for all the denials out of the league, when you've got Gary Bettman showing up at the uh, at the at the ticket kickoff press conference, it's it's pretty clear that unless that ticket drive really fails miserably. Uh, the, this is something the NHL really wants to do. Whether it can succeed or not, I don't know. Uh, I'm certainly no no expert on that particular market. I know I've talked to people who have, uh, you know, have got concerns that that's been the knock for for years, even before the NHL came calling that Las Vegas was, uh, 
uh, a market so driven by tourism and so driven by driven by people coming from out of town that are you going to be able to really build a loyal fan base or are you going to have a team that's playing in front of 18,000 different fans every single night and and you know how difficult that might be to mm-hmm. build that kind of long-term identity and that long-term loyalty that you need um, but you know what? There's there's smart guys working in the NHL, and clearly they've thought about this stuff, and and they feel like it's worth exploring. And uh, at the very least, as a as a guy with uh, with an expense account for travel, I'm 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 yeah. hoping that they uh, they get that team in there as soon as possible. Are you relocating Ottawa to Vegas to cover this? Is that the plan? I'll think about it. I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> going to tell my editor that I you know I need to be there for the home opener, and uh, you know maybe <laughs> right. uh, maybe a few more from there on. You know who is going to be excited? I was playing some shinny. Uh, there's two rinks here in Vegas. I was playing. Uh, maybe a year ago now, maybe longer. You know who runs a skate shop at one of the rinks? This Ooh. is going to blow you away. Pokey Reddick. No way. He's the huh. manager. I couldn't believe it. I saw a giant photo of him on the wall, and I'm like, why would they have a Pokey Reddick poster? And sure That's enough, fantastic. yeah, 30 minutes later, Pokey Reddick walking through the thing. And I'm like, I'm from Winnipeg, so I'm like, hey, Pokey Reddick. He was so pumped. I, 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 I knew him. So, <laughs> Pokey Reddick, everybody. <laughs> Well, that's fantastic. Well, I mean, the the way that the NHL tends to to run their expansion drafts, uh, I wouldn't be. Pokey might uh, want to stay in shape. He could be the starting goalie on opening night. Hey, your favorite last question. Your favorite obscure uh, or, or NHL video clip you've pulled. Uh, there's been some ones that are just so classic, like the the one last week with uh, Foley and and Talon. Oh yeah, <laughs> that... I, man. That, and, and the thing is, with that with that feature, I every about once a month. I I do one and I'm like all right that's that's it like I'm I'm right. the well has has run dry I'm you know my I'm done my and then somebody will send me something I've never seen but like I'd never seen that weenie clip before right no me neither until somebody, no. somebody sent it to me and uh, uh, yeah I mean what? there's just so much from between the uh, what about know, uh, Bodano falling off the stretcher. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I mean that, that's that was another great one, and uh, you know, there's there's even other stuff where that I haven't been able to find on YouTube, which is you know you wouldn't you wouldn't think would be an issue, but uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I used to do that that kind of feature on my own blog, and it was mm-hmm. just leaf stuff, uh, and it's uh, I, you know some of this stuff is uh, it's you know between just the the bizarre stuff that's happened in NHL games, right. um, let alone just I mean when you go back to the, everything that happened in the 80s and 90s looks ridiculous now, so it's uh, <laughs> you know usually you can find something to, yeah. to have fun with, and then you got you know when when teams get together and they decide they're going to lip sync some song about how great the team is, and uh, uh, you know all of this stuff it was just, it was a different time back then, and uh, you know uh, it's uh, uh, like I said there there's always this point where I sit down and I go, okay, there's no way I'm going to be able to find, uh, you know, 40 more of these things yeah. over the course of the season. And, uh, you know, then we get to, you, you get to April and May and suddenly I got a list that I never even got to. Yeah. And there's an elbow to the head where the announcers are like, yeah, you know, it's just some revenge, whatever. Messi, I think it was Messi's elbow or somebody's elbow. Yeah. Or the, or the Pavel Bure on, uh, on Shane. Oh, Churla, yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually, I, I, I had, uh, somebody works at the, uh, league's, Department of Player Safety. I, I had asked them about you know famous hits that didn't re- result in suspensions, and that mm-hmm. was the first one they mentioned. They said Burry on Shirley would be. I mean, it would be a million games <laughs> if it happened today. Yeah. And it was. Uh, if, if if I'm remembering right, not only was it not a suspension, but it was a fine. They fined him like five hundred bucks, which is even worse. I mean, <laughs> right, if it's not a suspension, then you just go, okay, they didn't. Maybe they didn't look at it, but yeah. the fact that they looked at it and they said, yeah, that is wrong. That was out of bounds. <laughs> 
$500 fine. Uh, yeah. That, that, that cracks me up. Unbelievable. It's my highlight of the night or week looking for those clips and uh, watching them. And then, yeah, it's great stuff. Hey, uh, thanks for doing this, man. I know I'm just some guy in Vegas that emailed you. I, uh, I appreciate you doing it. Always, uh, uh, I love reading your stuff. And uh, uh, thanks again, man. I, I love it. And, yeah, it's depressing, but let's, uh, let's keep tanking, I guess, and see where this takes us. So. Exactly. Us Leaf fans got to stick together. All right. Thanks, Sean. All right. Thank you. See you.